The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. All right, amen. Thank you for that kind introduction. I'm very grateful. Kathleen and I spent this past week in South Carolina at the uh, annual gathering of all state executive directors. It was my last time to represent our Baptist General Convention of Texas with that group, and it was a special time. And on Wednesday night, we had dinner with uh, Jeff and Laura Christofferson. Jeff is the executive director of the Canadian Baptist Convention. And when he found out where we were from and who I was in the convention I represented, BGCT, he said, you need to know, I wouldn't be here were it not for the Baptist General Convention of Texas. They invested in me and my ministry, and the Texas Baptist men built the seminary in which I was trained. And he said, there's not a close second. Thank you, First Baptist Richardson, for being a part of our Texas Baptist Convention. You're making a difference in people all over the state, the country, and the world are grateful. So, thank you. I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl last Sunday night or not. I did, and uh, I watched all of it. And then um, I turned the page. By that I mean, so um, last night, the XFL started. I don't know what that stands for. I just know they started. In April, the USFL begins. Now, college basketball is still very much underway. This weekend is the NBA All-Star Weekend from Salt Lake City. But there are a few of us who, when we turn the page, we turn the page to baseball. I became a Texas Rangers fan in the summer of 1976, the age of two. Ish. So, I make this statement with all due respect to the Frisco Rough Riders. I still believe that the Texas Rangers are the closest thing we have to a Major League Baseball team in North Texas. <laughs> now, with that being said, there's a couple of things about baseball that I find interesting. There are about four main parts of baseball. Pitching, catching, running, and hitting. But think about hitting a baseball for a second. Did you know, have you ever considered that if, as a baseball hitter, if you fail only 70% of the time, you may be an all-star. If you fail only 70% of the time, and you do that long enough, you might make the Hall of Fame. Today, we talk about overcoming failure. As a baseball player, 
as a hitter, if you cannot manage, if you cannot overcome failure, you have no chance of being successful. As a believer in and a follower of Jesus Christ, a key component of our moving forward and making a difference for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom does demand our overcoming failure. So take your Bible, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Joshua, turn to the seventh chapter, and I'm going to read those first uh, five verses, Joshua chapter seven, and I'm going to read for our purposes today the first five verses. Reads like this. The Israelites, however, were unfaithful regarding the things set apart for destruction. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of what was set apart, and the Lord's anger burned against the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and told them, go up and scout the land. So the men went up and scouted Ai. After returning to Joshua, they reported to him, don't send all the people, but send about 2,000 or 3,000 men to attack Ai, since the people of Ai are so few. Don't wear out all our people there. So about 3,000 men went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of them and chased them outside the city gate to the quarry, striking them down on the descent. As a result, the people lost heart. Now, back up. Last week, you will remember, we talked about uh, Joshua leading the Israelites across the Jordan River and their glorious victory over Jericho. Now, as glorious as that victory was on this side of the spectrum, this event at Ai on the other side of the spectrum was just as disastrous. This colossal failure also provides a spiritual formula for overcoming failure. We're going to walk through that in these next few minutes, asking just some simple, basic questions. Question number one, where did they go wrong? So, as we think about failure, any way that you and I have failed in the past. It could be a relational failure. It could be a workplace failure. It could be a financial failure. It could be a physical failure. It could be all of these related to actually a spiritual failure, which is where we focus today. Spiritually speaking, the first question we have to ask when we fail is, where did I, where did this go wrong? So, for these folks, after they defeated 
Jericho, they were given some very specific instructions. Destroy everything except a few things, and those few things you are to place into the Lord's treasury. Those were the instructions. Destroy everything except a few, place those few things in the Lord's treasury. This one man, Achan, though, he took some of the things they were to keep, but he didn't put them in the Lord's treasury. He instead took them to himself. He buried them in his own tent and hid it away. Well, Joshua not knowing this, the army not knowing this, they move on, they attack Ai, they are defeated, they're crushed, they lose all hope, and they have to ask the question, where did this go wrong? Well, there are couple of things. Um, One, I would say they did underestimate the enemy. But above that, they disregarded the instructions of the Lord. So, if you want to talk about overcoming our failure as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, almost always these two things will be involved. One, we disregard the instructions of the Lord. That's where it starts. But two, very often, we just underestimate our adversary and the level of temptation he's able to throw against us. So right there, you just ask the question, where did I, where did we, where did this go wrong? Uh, kind of reminds me of uh, 1938. I wasn't here then. But 1938, you ever heard the name Douglas Corrigan? 1938, some of you know that name. So 1938, Douglas Corrigan flew uh, an airplane from Long Beach, California to New York. And a couple of days later, he uh, was going to fly that same plane from taking off from Brooklyn and back to Long Beach. However, somewhere along the way, after he took off, He says he got lost in the clouds, and rather than landing in Long Beach, California, he landed in Ireland. So uh, he got the name Wrong Way Corrigan. So all that to say, I don't know if it was intentional. That's what he was accused of, intentional going the wrong way, or whether it really was accidental. Either way, you have to ask the question, what went wrong? Either he filed the wrong flight plan or he really did get turned around and ended in Ireland. Somehow, someway, though, something went wrong. That's just where it all starts. So for you and for me, wherever you are now spiritually, if you are struggling, if you feel defeated, if you feel like a failure, the question has to begin, where has this gone wrong? Where have I gone wrong? Question one. Question two, what do I do about it? Identify where I went wrong. That, you know, that, that's going to involve for you and for me, it has to involve some self-examination. It's got to involve some self-reflection. It's got to involve time with the Lord. It's got to involve uh, prayer, Bible study. It's, it's got to involve all of that. And then you say, what do I do now? So here's what happened with the, the folks here after they uh, were defeated by the uh, Aites. I just came up with that right then. 
I mean, that is fresh. So they were defeated by the people of Ai. They don't know why. So they go through this little process. Joshua, he is... He is angry. He is frustrated. He's mad at God. He's mad at the Israelites. He's their leader, and they have been defeated after this glorious victory. And he's asking the question, where did this go wrong? And what happened? So that's where he's going. So they go through this little process. They bring by all of the tribes of Israel. They uh, highlight the tribe of Judah. Then they go through the clan. Then they go to the family. Then they go to the man. And he says to him point blank, all right, be honest. What have you done? And this man, Achan, he owns up to it. He said, well, I took some of the things we were not supposed to take. I saw them. I liked them. I took them. I know it was wrong. And I buried them in my tent. They sent people over to find them. They did. It didn't end well for Achan. If you just kind of read down through Joshua chapter 7, it was a harsh, severe punishment that he received. But they got to the cause, and they dealt with it. So whenever you ask the question, what went wrong, and then you go to what I would do about it, you find it, you have to deal with whatever it was somehow, some way. Has your car battery ever gone dead? That happens to the worst time ever. I, it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not talking about those of you who have one of those, you know, electric cars. I'm not there yet. I may be, but I think if your battery goes dead on one of those electric cars, I think that's a whole new level. But, so, uh, but I'm just talking about a regular car or truck. Has your car battery, you know, ever died. Well, I am not a mechanic. I know this. It will not fix itself. And you can just, that, you can write a quotable quote right there. It, it will not fix itself. One of two things has to happen. You have to fix it or you have to get someone else to help you fix it. Now, some of you are able to Identify that the battery on my car has gone dead and you are able to restore it or repair it or or replace it. You can do that or you get on the phone, you call somebody and you get professional assistance. So right now, that's, that's where we are right now when it comes to our spiritual journey. After that time of self-reflection and you identify what the problem is, Can you fix that yourself? I mean, can you go through a spiritual process of of walking back into a right place with God or do you need help? Now, for some of you, Right now, where you sit, you say, I know that I am not where I am supposed to be. I have struggled. I have drifted. And today I am determined that I am going to walk back into a fresh place with the Lord. Some of you can do this. Some of you, maybe your failure is a little more intense and what you need is to sit down with someone, maybe more than once, and begin to walk through a, a process of spiritual restoration. One of the, either one of these are, are, are fine, but a step has to be taken. 
Either it's something you can handle or something you need assistance with, but somehow, some way, when you identify what the problem is, you kind of begin to go back through and, and, and you just address it, you deal with it, you take care of it. It reminds me of the story, oh, some of you may have heard this years ago, but it was a cold night. A pastor was out visiting folks who kind of had uh, stopped coming to church a little bit. Knocked on the door, man opened the door. Pastor, come in. Pastor goes in, they sit down, there's a fire going. They sit in the chair, they don't say anything. They just kind of sit there for a minute. And finally the pastor gets up, takes the tongs that are next to the, the fireplace, reaches in, gets out a hot burning coal, sets it out on the hearth, and just lets it there by itself. And then he goes and puts the, 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 the tongs away and they just sit there. And after a couple of minutes, that glowing hot coal sitting off by itself begins to cool. And the man sitting in the chair next to the pastor said, thanks for coming by. I'll see you Sunday. You know what happened during the pandemic? A lot of people took themselves out of the fire, out of the fellowship, out of the warmth of the family and grew cold. Wasn't intentional. It was a drift. But maybe today's the day you identify that and you take care of it yourself. Or maybe there is something more serious going on with you spiritually and you need someone to help you with that. Find the right people and the people here at First Baptist Church can help you find the place to walk back into a spiritual restoration Where did it go wrong? What do I do about what went wrong? And how do I move on? I think that's the last question that we have to ask. How do I move on from my spiritual defeat, my spiritual failure? How do I move on and go forward again? Well, the two words, forgive and forget. Those are so easy to say and so hard to do. I can, you and I can say forgive and forget just like that, and it's easy to say, but that is very difficult to do sometimes. But let's just kind of walk back through what the Bible says. One, every single one of us, there are no exceptions, have failed, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody here, everybody, no exception, everybody here, we have failed. And so we all need forgiveness. That's what happened here with these folks. They had to walk back before God in a genuine spirit of forgiveness and ask him what went wrong and then take care of it. But they were, they were asking God, begging God for his forgiveness, for their failure, for their sin, for their disobedience, for the disregarding of his instructions. But you know, the Bible also says a beautiful thing. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you just, you just walk back before God with the spirit of, of forgiveness. Identify what went wrong. Bring that for the Lord. Ask him for his forgiveness and then accept that. That's where a lot of us struggle, just accepting the forgiveness that he offers. But he is promising to forgive you and to cleanse you. So we just... Take that for the, trust that for what God says it is. Remember what Paul wrote? Forgetting what lies behind and press on to what is, what is ahead. He just, it is, 
I know it's impossible to really forget, to clean your mind of it and, you, and have no recollection of your spiritual defeat or your, or your spiritual failure. But it's, not, it's not necessarily cleaning your mind. Of it. You can't remember it anymore, but it's not allowing that to have a negative impact on you going forward. Forget what lies behind and press on to what is ahead. Don't let that mistake and that failure of the past keep you from becoming what God wants you to be, what God wants me to be. Just forgive and forget. Folks, this is, this, is, this is the day. I mean, today, February the 19th, is the day. This Sunday morning is the day. It's the day to turn the page. You just, you just turn the page today. Turn the page towards restoration. Today's the day you start over. Today's the day you have a second chance. Today is the day for a fresh beginning. It's not, it's, it, it's not tomorrow. It's today. Today is the day. Today, First Baptist Church. Oh, by the way, this, this whole formula, it works not just for people. It works for churches. But today's the day when we as the people of God determine to no longer live in defeat, but to live in victory. And today is the day that you're going to go back in there. You're going to forget that you struck out the last time you went to bat. You're going to put that out of your mind. You're going to walk back into that batter's box. You're going to take that bat with you. You're going to keep your eye on the ball. You're going to take a good swing. You're going to get a great hit. You're going to run safely to first base, and you're going to start over. And today is the day that we do that. It is not tomorrow. And there's too much at stake to linger on in defeat. Overcoming failure, it starts today. And today is a good day. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the blessings of the day. Loving us, caring for us, and giving us a chance, an opportunity to just move forward. Forgive us of how, when, and where we failed you. And help us, Father, to um, breathe deeply again, look ahead again, and trust you for victory again. God, these things we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.